Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Welcome, Stacy Law Blind. Thank you, Sherry. This, and we had to, we had to work through a few things. I, I don't know if you want to say anything about this, but I know your daughter had something pretty scary come up and we had to move it. I was just coming back from the ocean. So it was right. like, okay, we're free. We're on. Is she doing okay? She's good. There's nothing broken and just some muscle damage. And, um, but she's tough. She's a tough chick. Okay. Take that, mom. Yeah. I wasn't planning on starting the interview with that. I just realized, like, oh yeah, this took a bit to get on here and you're, you're like, okay, things are, things are up in the air. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen your name. I think I've always seen you connected with Miss Get, and who I uh-huh. know from Greg Thompson production. She, she wasn't the, I was, uh, Joanne, Joe Emery was a choreographer when I worked for Greg Thompson. Then I knew her through that transition. Some of my dancers worked with her. Uh-huh. So then I saw this, the boot camp, and then I saw your name connected and I interviewed Miss Get probably a year ago. And I was uh-huh. really intrigued about the boot camp. And then right. I went down to Vegas and I ended up buying some costumes from her because I have a show in Seattle, like mm-hmm. which I saw house. and looks lovely and impressive. Oh, thank you. We're going to keep the showgirl. That's why I want to, I think it's really important to talk to you about keeping the showgirl legacy alive. Right. I'm doing showgirl classes here and there, um, the show, because it's going away. And it's not mm-hmm. just that the lead is closing. I talked to Nikki Adamo a couple of days ago and we, I think it's helping us grieve and celebrate at the same time right. the end of Abcar and Greg Tom, all of them that are basically done. Right. So this is the last, like the lead on Paris is kind of the last, even though the Moulin Rouge are still some of those, but so many right. of us work for several producers where it kind of feels like, oh, one more, at least this is happening. At least the lead is happening. Yeah. At least we're working, we're working kind of together, but separately to keep it alive. But my whole thing is that I believe that it's misunderstood and what the showgirl truly is and what we're made of is, has been diluted and misunderstood. And that is one of the things that I love about showgirl bootcamp, because even in the conversations I have with people on the phone, when they're trying to book, they have no clue what they're getting into. And when they do, it's enlightening and, and absolutely life-changing. And I know that that sounds a little dramatic, but mm-hmm. it's, it's absolutely life-changing for these women because what we do is hand them the opportunity to feel what we felt every single night when we sat down and we put the makeup on and we transformed ourselves into this alter ego and um, put, you know, and walking and just being in the spotlight, that is a feeling that is very hard for other people to understand. And I feel so blessed to have figured out how to give this to women in, and some men to explain to them how to get to that point and let them experience it. And it is life-changing for almost everybody that walks out the door. When they contact you, what is their assumption of a showgirl? What do they think that they're, they're seeing the feathers? Like it's, it what is it, on, what's in their head? Do you think? Their age, they, yeah. Depends okay. on, I found that it depends on their age, uh, what their background is, where they're from. So, um, people from the Midwest thought that a showgirl was the girls in the 
in the backpacks walking oh. up and down Fremont Street. Yeah, so no. and this is one of the reasons why I started this because I missing it and I were working together and we did showgirl boot camp. And originally the concept was that um I had the studio and we were doing showgirl follies, the show and yeah. resurrecting women. And that was she actually resurrected me after being in retirement. And I came back to Vegas and for almost nine years, I was a performer in her shows. And she challenged us and she made us strap on the guts that it took to get there so many years ago and try to see what was still left. And it was amazing what was still in there. And, um, you know, the feeling that we had when we'd finish, I mean, our feet are bloody and we are bruised up and, you know, we're crawling out of rehearsals, but we made it. And we wanted more of the retired showgirls to be able to come out and to audition. And then, you know, a few people get injured, you're older, you don't recover so fast. So we were kind of dropping like flies for a while. So we needed to resurrect more people. So we started on Sunday and we did a class and um, it was called Showgirl Bootcamp. And I would do the warm up and the across the floor. And then she would take over and do the choreography. And so we did resurrect women who had had babies. And we had a nice flow of a large group of women that came and did the show with us. Or if that wasn't their thing, they went and they did, you know, other things that they could do in town. But it was about empowering and resurrecting retired dancers or women who thought they were retired at that moment. But what had happened is I, I'm a trainer and I'm a holistic health practitioner and my clients saw what we were doing and they were watching through the window and they said, I want to do that. Can I come do that? So Miss Dingett had this idea where we took an old, one of the older clients of mine and in one of our shows, we actually put her in a costume and we let her walk across and did like a, a promenade with us in full costume, did her makeup, everything. So people were so interested in that. Then we took it a step further. And the rest of my clients said, I want to do a, a workshop too. So I did a four hour workshop with them. We had champagne and food and, and I taught them an exercise class. And then from the warm up, like a dance exercise. And then we did a little combination, showgirl posturing, walking in the big costumes took it to leave it a little further and did some burlesque um which is always fun to do and it turned into this wonderful bonding beautiful party and the pictures were amazing that these women had these headpieces on and and i realized that there's something here mm -hmm. from there it we went i did a thing with um a group in cleveland and it was based on, a, on entertainers who had done the Lido de Paris in Paris. So I went in and did a, um, a number with Jack Valia, and we did a lecture about showgirls and, and, and so on in Cleveland with this very intimate group of people from Kent State. Um, and they went crazy. They, I mean, I couldn't get out of there. There was questions and and. I mean, it just kept on and on and on. And from there, I called Miss Dingett and I said, listen, we got to do something. We have to, we have to do something. We have to create something. So we started working on it and we figured it out. And um, we did it in the Midwest in Springboro, Ohio. Then we brought it here back to Vegas. And as we constantly evolved and evolved and evolved, it went from a whole day workshop, which was really tough. And we condensed it down to a two hour workshop that anybody could do. Um, so 
it is still that two hour workshop, which is going to be now extended to three hours because I really can't do it. I, I, I'm <laughs> rushing, but it's yeah. now turned into a three hour workshop a day, you know, a morning or an afternoon in feathers and rhinestones. And we will continue to evolve as people tell me what it is that they want. What do they want to get out of it? And each group that I have is different. So I'll have a bachelorette party and they just really want to just party and have fun. Or I'll have three generations of women that are have danced and have the love for the stage. So I'll spend more time on posturing and more time on costumes and makeup instruction. So it really is still something that is growing and evolving and morphing as it's never been done before like this. So it's a challenge. Wow. That's so exciting. I just feel like there's a lot of things that were kind of dormant that are coming back up, maybe because we know that this is the end of an era. And if we wait, you know, it's like, to, I feel like the podcast, the people have said it's a time capsule. So right. like maybe, maybe there's daughters of these younger girls at in right. Paris, like they're it's, they can hear their mother's voice. They can, you know, there's video, but like, there's no video of Jubilee that you can see on YouTube. Right. All these things are just gone. Right. So because at the, that time there were no cell phones and to get right. a, a video, they, I have video, but there's no music to it because of the okay. rights and the copyright. So now everything is so exposed, but back then everything it's in our minds and it's in our hearts, but there's no way to document it. And that's the sad part. Yeah. When I interviewed Lindsay Raven, who she worked in Jubilee, she was in Vegas, but she also, um, in Paris, she put the reunion on for us a few I years ago. I talked with Lindsay. Yes. What a doll <sighs> she is. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, we got, we got to have a dance class. There's only 20 that could do it. And we, I signed up as soon as I saw that and we got to be on the stage. So even just being backstage, seeing mm-hmm. the costumes, it wasn't right. just in my head anymore. It was in my body. Like, right. I remember what this felt like going up this and they had put the stairs mm-hmm. out so we could experience that. Like some of us probably were having a hard time, but I was, I, I was seriously running up and down. I've had two hip replacements and I forgot how old I was, mm-hmm. but it, it, you're giving someone experience. Like it's fun to look through the photos, but that whole reunion sitting in the audience with other bluebells watching the show, because I'd gone to Paris years before and seen Moulin Rouge I was by uh-huh. myself I was with people who did or I don't know if they got it or not I was mm-hmm. so excited but I didn't have everybody to go oh my gosh isn't this amazing so mm-hmm. felt isolated so I feel like a lot of the things that seem more important is an experience instead of just a viewer lecturer telling about right. what it's like I actually when mm-hmm. I teach my showgirl series we kind of go into embodiment like I love how everybody has a different angle and they're mostly dancers mm-hmm. I know from my studio mm-hmm. and I show them all the pictures because we have a strip club across the street called Showgirls. And I have to say, it's not right. that. <laughs> right. And you have they to battle that. Yeah. Like, I love how you started that out. You're trying to redeem the name of, of what it is. Right. Because if you say burlesque, well, it's not burlesque. And there's nothing wrong with burlesque. Or they think they're strippers mm-hmm. or showgirls mm-hmm. didn't dance. Because even mm-hmm. the older generation, the showgirls were more the mannequins. Right. And like, well, we did numbers that we were showgirls. And we were numbers right. that, we, you know, we were right. doing more. But right. I, I just feel history. like it's. History. It's history. And that's the thing that we taught. So when we're doing showgirl boot camp, as we're putting makeup on, I let them ask me any question, even if it's an uncomfortable question, I it's open, it's private, it's between us and, and them, and they can ask anything they want. And the questions that they ask are brilliant and a little, you know, uncomfortable for me at times, but I, I open up, I just unzip it and let them have it. But to teach them and explain the history of how the showgirl started, 
the and all of that of you know bringing the girls over in Vegas and and them just basically being models, and then how it progressed and how business kicking in made our roles as a showgirl change and morph. So we talk about the history as they're putting their makeup on. So it's this exchange of information at the same time, teaching them and, and showing them what the whole feeling of being backstage would be about and then creating them and turning them into a showgirl because I actually have to go and, you know, you understand theater makeup. So I have to take a look and in an instant, figure out what their bone structure is and what their features are like and then give them a tutorial on how to make their makeup look like what how we wore. So we do the big lashes in Showgirl Bootcamp. I do the contouring, the shading, the, um, the blending of the pinks and the highlighting and the glitter. We do glitter lips, which is, you know, I did it in a few shows and not all of them. Um, because, you know, certain shows wanted you to have certain types of makeup, but I, I go for the big bang and the big buck. So, you know, rhinestone on the cheek, the big glitter lips, um, and all the contouring, and then they put on the headpiece and it all matches. And it's amazing what happened, the, the transformations that we have internally and externally with these women is worth everything to me and that's why i do it because it's so much it's so much work <laughs> it's <Yeah. I'm> sweating <laughs> yeah 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 well and you i've seen the costumes they have beautiful headdresses and then they have like the armbands with the feathers mm-hmm. and then is it there's t-shirt i want to i want i'm going to come down there but i'm going to get a showgirl boot camp shirt because I, I thought I the whole look looks so polished it just right so you, they're and not putting on like the bras and g-strings they no. have that but they have no. enough for, and then the photos, what's so cool is they get to have photos to show what they did. Right. And a video. marketing. Oh, they do and a video too. Yeah. If you go to Showgirl Bootcamp on TikTok, take a look at that and you can see just all the glorious people that we've worked with and how they, I mean, they just, they morph into that little Sasha Fierce who, whatever is inside them is like boiling and bubbling up. And as it explodes, you get to see that in that video. And it's, it's absolutely priceless. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I, I, you must've worked with Jackie Conan, right? I she, did. Cause I interviewed her when I did a showgirl road trip last year, uh-huh. went to Reno, got to see the costumes from hello, Hollywood. Hello. That right. Burns has. Burns, who's Love a her. Beautiful person. Yeah. <sighs> and then I was in Vegas and went to Jackie's and interviewed her and we just looked to her scrapbook while we're sitting on her couch. Mm-hmm. And she talked about what that was like to think you were done and get to do it after having children. Right. And like, I, I do I have to wear a G strings. I was telling her I used to have <laughs> dreams about I'm, I'm in this show and I don't remember the show or I can't find my headdress. There's always the dreams that dancers have about the big shows, like some panic moment. But right. then I started, I started having dreams that I'm back in the show and I'm the weight that I am now. And oh. I walk out with my, in my G string with my, my belly's in the way. And I'm mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I was fat when you hired me. They go, yeah, we don't care. And there's yeah. something empowering, like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to wear a G-string, but that desire to be on stage again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like what that would be like if you didn't have to, the, what I'm trying to say, the maturity that we have now of knowing ourselves, knowing our bodies. Right. Accepting to, ourselves. To, and accepting ourselves mm-hmm. and to get to go on stage again, because when we're young and you, you know, you probably don't, you have aches and pains from working hard, well, but you're you also know, not. We all, all of us thought we were fat. That's the yeah. funny part. We were all in the mirror trying to pick like, and it was skin because there was no fat on any of us. Yeah. I see pictures of myself and I'm like, 
I, I, there's no body fat at all. And I just, I thought I was, you know, humongous. If I bent over and there was anything moving or, you know, it's human flesh. And I thought that I was fat. I would love to be that way easily. Again. I want to be that. I want to be that fat again. I want to be that fat again. <laughs> but I'm thinking like to do the show, it would be such a gift because we would probably be kinder to ourselves. Absolutely. And to put the sparkles on and just be with the wisdom that we have. I think I know myself, mm-hmm. I know my body way different and better than I did. Mm-hmm. So to offer this for people who've never done it, but like you said, you have some people that had done it and to get to go do it again. Right. Would be a so gift we, too, to do it with their wiser, kinder right. self. Mm-hmm. Well, we, and we put women in a safe zone and that's one of the things that we're tr- really trying to figure out how to communicate. And I think sometimes the word boot camp like makes people afraid, but you know, we've kind of married to it now. So we've got to figure out how to do that. But um, the boot camp came because it was like a, a whole day experience, but now it's, now it really is just a showgirl experience, but we put them in such a safe place. So they come in and everybody wears black leggings unless they want to wear fishnets or whatever. Those are options for them. But I like it when they're all uniformed and it doesn't matter what their weight is. They're friends. There's no competition because they're all wearing black leggings. They can put on whatever heels they want or they can wear tennis shoes if they don't, if they can't wear heels. Then they put on the black t-shirt, which is very flattering to any kind of figure. We have sizes from extra small to 4XL. And I've used all of those sizes and, you know, we put the armbands are with Velcro now and everybody, no one is made to feel like they're large or too small or, you know, uncomfortable. It, everything fits any type. We figured out how to make this work for anybody and any woman that wants to come and do it. And, you know, I have, I've, it's usually the winds that walk in and they're not sure about what's going to happen. And they're not, you know, they've been talked into doing this, Um, (laughs) but they're the ones that actually transform the biggest. And they're the ones that, that actually you can't get them out. Like I got to pull that headpiece off their head because they don't want to give it up. That's the thing. If you have a bridesmaids, you know, a bridal party, they're all different personalities and some could be like, let me run in the door and some, Oh, that'd be so interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. It's what, so you would, what you might assume. Mm-hmm. So how does it start when they come in? What do you do when they get there to kind of help them be excited and at ease? Cause those two things going on with a lot of sparkles and maybe a little bit of trepidation. Yeah. You know, and we got that. I mean, we're showgirls, we're backstage We're it's a sisterhood. So I make sure that the first thing that we do with me and whoever is my um, partner at the time, we make them, we give them a big hug. We welcome them to showgirl boot camp. We make sure that they understand they're in a safe place. And then we give them a glass of champagne with gummy bears and glitter in it. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we cheers. We're here, you know, and then we, we put on a black t-shirt and then they're in their black, their black pants and they're in their t-shirt and they are bare face. They come, they're supposed to come in their foundation, but sometimes they don't. And when they don't, it's not, we don't, nothing is a big deal. I'll sit there and I'll mix up and I will blend a beautiful color of foundation for them, which takes a little more time. But again, we never do anything to make them feel uncomfortable or that they're out of sorts or that they're out of place. 
each girl sits down at a preset um, station and that has a, a like a little mat and a three-way mirror with um, it all lit up mirror. And then they have makeup, um, disposable makeup in a, in a little queue and um, that they use some of it like lashes and lipstick and things like that, that we give away. And that's included in their, um, their experience. And they all sit down bare starting from scratch. And then I have a chair, a makeup chair, and they take turns getting in my chair and I do their makeup for them. If they're uncomfortable with any portion of that makeup, I don't try to make them learn how to do it. I just take more time. And yeah. I say, if you're not comfortable, hang on one second and I'll get right to you. So they take turns and rotate in out of the master makeup chair and slowly they start to feel more comfortable. They start to give it a shot, give it a try. If they don't get it right when they're in the chair, I fix it. And we start with, like I said, bare-faced, highlighter, contour. We actually do full-on liquid liner. And a lot of the times I'm the one that does that for them, but I've done it for so long. I do it so fast that I'm able to just, you know, throw those racing stripes up. But at the same time, I individualize it and let them understand how beautiful their face is because every woman has a little showgirl in them. And every woman and person has a beautiful bone structure to their face. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It does not matter what your ethnic, your ethnic background is. There is beauty in everyone. So I take a lot of time in trying to highlight that and bring that to the surface and also bring it to their attention so that they learn how to love their face and then create this huge dynamic show makeup that I, I it's interesting because as I start started to learn more about what made the women excited it made me better at what I did and I realized that um we can do kind of the same style of makeup and just by morphing it to their specific bone structure it created um these incredible I don't know I mean, they just basically, you wouldn't even be able to recognize them. Miss Dinget would do the pictures and she's like, Stacy, I don't even know who this is. Complete wow. transformation. Yeah. And it and it sounds like I said, it, every time I talk about it, I know that someone sitting there is going to say, oh, she's just, you know, embellishing. But I'm truly, truly not. I am telling mm. you the truth. Mm. And then we had to start putting their name tags on the shirt because, after they would do their after pictures, because we do a before picture and an after picture, and we created this beautiful certificate, the after pictures, when we would take them, we could not put the two together. Couldn't, not unrecognizable. So I was talking with someone about the amount of time we spend looking at our face mm -hmm. and women, a lot of women just slap it on. And, but like we sat there in front of a mirror putting your mm -hmm. makeup on in between right. and you're caught a lot of, and I was working with my dancers have in the showgirl class, even having them look themselves in the eye mm -hmm. and you can see people look past themselves through themselves over. Right. And I asked them, I go, does anyone know if you do? They go, Oh yeah. I go, can you actually look at your face in the mirror? Cause I look at their legs I look at what they're wearing. It was an mm -hmm. emotional question. It is. And I'm like, can you sit and look and be with your face? I go uh, like, give yourself the kindness back. Cause I realized like mm -hmm. a lot of women, we're either picking it apart or like depending on the lighting in the room, but I go, what would it be like for women not to just transform so they don't look like them? So I, I know that you're saying like, they're still, they can still see themselves. And so like, I'm only beautiful if I have this other face, but to right. learn how to look at themselves 
to be able to hold still for a few minutes with their own mm-hmm. face. Right. I mean, it's starting to hit me more lately as a lot of the things I'm hearing about, like these showgirl transformations of what mm-hmm. it was we had the gift of right. that other people don't experience, like just sitting and then also being next to other women because we're trained as women mm-hmm. to be jealous of other women. And you hear it's more of a newer phase, not new, but like girls will say, oh, you're so pretty. I hate you. So to, <laughs> I feel like the, sis, the sisterhood that you're saying to do this mm-hmm. together, right? I'm sure it must be fun for them to see the rest of their friends also they transform. Do. They're their biggest cheerleaders. They, I mean, when, when I get the lashes on them, they, it's a round of applause. I mean, they're screaming and, and clapping and, you know, the girl in the chair that's being, they're their biggest fans. And when I say transformation, when we transform them, I'm only transforming them to an alternate version of themselves. So I'm not changing anything about them. All I'm doing is taking the beauty that they have and, and accentuating it. And that's the cool part because if they didn't have that face and those beautiful cheekbones and they didn't have all the things that they have and the beautiful eyes, I mean, women to look someone in the eyes and, and create that big cat eye and for them to actually look at themselves, like you said, in the mirror, when they have all that makeup on, they see themselves more yeah. clearly, more yeah. clearly. Mm-hmm. This is me. This yeah. Is because me. I think there's usually like a downcast. It just, it's interesting of, you know, all the messages we get and, I think that's what's so beautiful too. The, the showgirl is, is um, regal, revered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just like all these conversations lately because there's so many, like you could be on those stages and if you have a group of men, they weren't like, oh, there's breasts. They're like, oh my gosh, they look at like a goddess mm-hmm. where they would not think to do anything inappropriate, but you could go same people in a bar and wear a turtleneck and have a guy think he can grab your butt or say rude things. Right. So there is something we, we were untouchable. We, yeah, we, were, we feel safer. We were Women could be more... Mm-hmm. And you could be more beautiful, more sensual when you're not worried about inviting the other stuff. So I feel like that empowerment is, is mm-hmm. profound. I think a lot of us are like undoing the patriarchy and all these things of like, well, we have these messages that have been there forever. Don't be too pretty. Don't want to shine. Don't, you know, you're going to, there's just a lot of cost of being beautiful and powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of undoing. And I think that the showgirl thing right now is perfect timing. Yeah. To, to elevate each other. Right what we're yeah. doing right now fits right in with the culture that mm-hmm. is now taking fire. So this culture of women and empowering each other and, and loving each other and, um, and empowerment is a very strong word because that's basically what we're doing. Showgirl Bootcamp empowers the women that come to us to feel the, um, the beauty that it, that, a showgirl would feel to feel the excitement of having all the, the bling and the, you know, the beautiful feathers all around you. Once, once our ladies um, do all their makeup, then they put their, their heels on and they um, put the head pieces on um, and Miss and get actually made these head pieces. So this They're woman beautiful. bled, they, she bled for these head pieces. Like she had like no skin on her fingers at all. And she's so amazing and incredibly creative and, and brilliantly talented. So with that said, these headpieces are beautiful. And then um, we actually attach the feathers afterwards because the headpieces have to be lighter because, you know, they're, they're not used to those big headpieces that we wear. They couldn't do it. Once they get the headpiece on them, we put the big feathers on their arms and the whole process. And as you know, you can feel the breath just 
come, they hold their breath and you can feel their heart start to beat when you put these headpieces on them. And then you stick the big feather piece in the middle and then they look at themselves in the mirror and it takes their breath away. It takes my breath away because yeah. it's amazing to watch them. And then they're all dressed the same and they become a tribe and they become a crew. Um, and then they do the after pictures, which is always super fun. But the fun part is at the very, very end. And then I make them stand in a line and I put them in position and I teach them showgirl posturing. And it's basically just the beginnings of ballet bar, right? I start them in first position and I make them visualize the energy except to do it real fast. The energy coming from the floor and elongating their bodies. And then I take them to their hip flexors and open their hip flexors up and, 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 um, you know, zipping up their pelvic floor and then take their navel to their spine and then showing them what it feels like to just have that strengthening in their pelvic region and then their glutes start to contract and then they come up and we do this really fun thing where you know a lot of people say tits up but i did burlesque shows and for some reason that didn't hit me right so i just do this thing where i pull my hands up on my chest and i create a heart and i say now you've got to open your heart and we draw a heart on our chest and then lift their chest up and then from their chest they drop their shoulders and they put their head in line with their spine and boom that's a showgirl posturing and those that's just the beginning of ballet bar accelerated right yeah and um from there, we, I teach them how to fly. I teach them that their feathers are now their wings and they feel the air and, and the, the beautiful feeling of the gracefulness of lifting their arms up to the side in a second position and what they're supposed to feel as the air comes up through their armpits. And it's amazing how fast they get it. And then the fun part comes and I teach them how to bevel. So I teach them in showgirl position and we go out to second and then I have them draw that big toe in to create a bevel. And I couldn't, I had a hard time trying to get them to connect to the, the bevel, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm like, you got to protect, you got to protect your insides. And then all of a sudden it just came out of my mouth. I'm like, you got to protect the kitty. And they looked at me and all of a sudden it clicked light bulb went off. That is a thing now. So I say, and I got it, my t-shirts are being made for that right now. So they come in and they have to protect the kitty. And what that is, is a bevel. And I've taught them how to push through their big toe, create that beautiful S shape and protect the kitty. Now everything is cinched and it's amazing how fast <laughs> that happens. So once they learn how to fly and then they learn how to open their heart, and then they finally learn how to protect the kitty. Then I teach them how to walk. And the showgirl walk, I talk to them about letting their hips go and that every showgirl does not walk the same. Um, we try to, but everyone has their own signature walk. Like I have a couple different walks depending on the music. And I was allowed and very blessed with the choreographers that I worked with to be allowed to have different walks. Um, I wasn't a soldier in most of my shows. So I could have that personality and then the different walks that they could have. And then we do choreography. So we do a six count and do a, and do a protect the kitty. And then we do some, you know, we just now we'll, now we'll go ahead and just pull the arms out, pull the arms in, do a slight turn, look over your shoulder, walk back, do a slight turn and present. And that is all we do. That's all we do. Wow. And when you watch the TikTok, 
video and you'll, you'll start when you watch it, you'll go, that's all she did. And you can tell that that's all we did, but it looks larger than life and it's all that's needed. And now they're a team and they have, now they're performing. They have a performance and they're on stage and they now like, again, they're clapping and they're laughing and they're blowing kisses and they're hugging. I mean, it oh just, it's just absolutely joyful. That's so beautiful. That's like the heart. There's like all the things we need for life, not just for mm-hmm. like opening your mm-hmm. heart, but protect the kitty. If you open your heart and don't protect things, then you give mm-hmm. it all away and you. Right. Right. Like I've, I've taught some showgirl stuff with my advanced dancers who mm-hmm. can do all the stuff. They're like, why am I sweating when they're trying to just walk? I'm like, cause this right. is not normal. Mm-hmm. And they're always surprised at how hard they think that they can just, you know, always oh, walking. And then when they try to do it right, it's funny to watch them go. This is harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then and in my shows, and they're sweating because it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And then in my show, like somebody's whipping out like four pirouettes, they're technical, and then the audience likes that. But the very end of the showgirl thing, all they did was walk downstage, and the audience went crazy because it's just like mm-hmm. we don't see beauty. Let's mm-hmm. not be like, hey, grab me or right. grab your crotch. Right. There's just something of like this un mm-hmm. um, unapo- we say unapologetically taking up space. Right. Because again, just for women in life, there's just so many good lessons in there. And just like, mm-hmm. I'm loving, mm-hmm. I'm loving and, so much of yeah. your intention in your heart. You're not like, you know, just using this to like educate or make money. There's just something so beautiful no. of how you are yeah. seeing the process and how important yeah. that is. It's not going to just so, end when they leave there. No, it's so important. And it's important to me. And I wish we could make more money at it, but you know what? We're not going to dilute it down. And it's important for me to the most important thing is to give them what they come for. The rest of the business part of it, we'll figure out and we're still kind of working on. But for me right now, I will not allow someone to take it from us. And Nistinget and I have both spent a lot of time and blood and sweat and tears trying to make sure that it stays classy and legitimate and, and it represents all of us, you yeah. and myself and all of us in the best way possible. Um, and then, you know, just getting back to what you just said, one of the things that I tried to teach them, and if I have enough time, I do. And I tell them, you know, the key thing is about a showgirl is less is more. And if you can, as one girl, one person, because I learned this in with, from some of the divas that I, when I started, I was 17. And when I came in, I would just dance hard, 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 hard. They taught me that less is more, and they taught me how to take on a stage with a look and how to gather some, gather an entire crowd by just rotating my shoulder and pivoting and looking at them. So I'll show them what it feels like to walk four counts and turn and look and make someone's jaw drop by doing nothing. And that's what true showgirl, that's what a true showgirl can do. Ability to somebody said the ability to hold still mm-hmm. is like because I've done, done a workshop. Uh-huh. I've had somebody who teaches kind of like the LA heels, and with one of our teachers, it's more ballroom and they have the pelvis back. And I'm, and then, mm-hmm. like, no, you like you said, the hip flexor is long because it shortens mm-hmm. your legs when you tip back. Mm-hmm. It looks nice mm-hmm. for ballroom, but mm-hmm. we were switching it up, so they had to had to switch it up. But the, there's an intention, and I had them just walk and hold still for eight counts, and they were grabbing their boobs, they were doing all this. I go, no, can you hold still for eight counts? Look in your look in the mirror and not fidget. And it was the it was the hardest thing I think they did. 
was hold mm-hmm. still because it's like, right. as a dancer, I got to be doing more. If I'm not doing more, I'm not working or right. now you're really, you're really looking at me. So I better distract mm-hmm. you. And it, it, I found, it was just interesting. You said you learn things by doing it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, this you got to is- tap it. You have to tap into your inner goddess. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what you have to do. You, if you're going to take and and I, I had these wonderful moments on stage at the stardust where I got a chance to have parts on in the show where it was me and a couple of guys and it, there was no choreography. It was just turning and looking and inspiring my inner goddess and being able to hold the stage and have an entire showroom, you know, jaw relaxed and feel that energy in your body and have so much confidence that it's like you're in another universe that your energy is beyond so far beyond your natural aura that it extends all the way to the audience and is touching each person in that audience. And it's a skill and it's a, it's a magical thing. And um, not everybody gets it at the end of showgirl boot camp, but there are some that get it enough. And that's the fun part when they look and they're like, wow, I really like I get this. I understand it. And that's why I'm missing getting. I will always, we laugh because when we, we teach them to how to walk into a restaurant sometimes, or we'll say, we'll, you'll never walk into a room the same way again. <laughs> and that's what that's all about. Tapping into your inner goddess and walk into that room and make the men all pause. Right. That's also a that's great true show. <laughs> true show girl. <laughs> Well, that's Athena. Yes, and we've all done that, you know. <laughs> Athena was saying that uh, she has a, she was in Jubilee. She has a podcast called Showgirls I Life. Know Athena, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She's and she was saying that she had a past boyfriend that that said, "Have have you seen how you walk in a room?" Like she wasn't mm-hmm. aware because she had that showgirl thing when she walked in, mm-hmm. and he noticed it. But I think you know if you've done, it, you don't know that that's what's happening. And I've mm-hmm. had other people say that in their careers after they are you know they're in management that the showgirl confidence that goddess because then maybe it doesn't scare men as much i don't know what it is but there was something they took with them into corporate world into teaching pilates but it, it if you let it follow you mm-hmm. it's not just for the stage like what you're giving these women i have a feeling it's not just leaving when they they leave your right camp. we're sharing we're sharing our energy and we're sharing our knowledge and we're sharing all those little pieces of ourselves that we left on the stage, but we still carry with us every day. All of us do. And it's nice because those little pieces of, of, of us, we need to get those out. We need to do in, in whatever way, if we go to exercise class or we do Pilates or we go take a dance class, whatever, but those things get stuck in our chest. And as dancers, especially if you were a lifer. So I call myself a lifer and a warrior. Cause I was on, I left it on the front lines. You know, I was that six nights a week, never call in sick, started in 79, retired first in 2000, and then came back and gave missed and get everything else I had left. Um, and I, you know, now I get to do showgirl boot camp, and it's absolutely glorious. And one of the things that's so fun for me is that right now we're still real small, but I've, you know, I'm working on things to to grow a little bit. But we're going to grow slowly, and we're going to grow the right way. But I get to to hire other showgirls and have a job available and a part time job, which is perfect for retired women. Um, that they can come and talk about their stories and they can come and teach the walking and they can come and play with the makeup that there's a job now for these other showgirls that I can actually create a job for these women where they can create 
that energy within themselves again and give those pieces of themselves away. And every time I bring somebody in, they just get, they get tickled and they get, it embellishes them and they go home and a little piece of them comes back. Reminds us of who Mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. Well, that's like every interview I do. Almost everybody said they kind of forgot that part of themselves. So they start to tell their story Mm -hmm. and then sometimes they get emotional. Like I did that Mm -hmm. because either Mm -hmm. you ended because of an injury or whatever reason. And then you, a lot of people close the door. And so when you come back to it, like that was me the most awake maybe. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's, there's a a, people coming back to it. Like I can just see how beautiful that would be if if a dancer Mm -hmm. gets to come back and be on the stage and to share it, not just to come on and and perform it, to share that. I think it's more important for us as, as, in our, in our age and that, that we've already had that career. I, I feel like, and I talk to most of the girls cause we all are a tribe and we hang out a lot. I feel like it's more important for us and it makes us feel better to give because we already have it. We have yeah. it. We had we got the prime it of and we, <laughs> we did and we're blessed and, and be able to share that. It allows us to remember and it allows us to reminisce. And at the same time, we get to like give a piece of us mm-hmm. that I don't know if it's ever going to come back again. I hope so. I believe that it yeah. will. Though. I think when things are missed, like nostalgia, you know, maybe it will be altered a little bit. Like we've mm-hmm. joked like, well, I want a, block- a blockbuster now that they're gone. <laughs> There's things that are like, oh, that can't be totally gone. Let's bring it back. Maybe with a different thing. It's so yeah. funny because when you said Mist and Get's name, I just, I got a text from her. Did you? I did too. Actually, I did too. Oh, that's she so- checked on my daughter. She said, is she's, cause that's Auntie M. That's who she is oh. to my kids. So Auntie M was checking on on the little one to see how her elbow was. <laughs> oh my god! Because I just texted her before we talked because I had mm-hmm. asked her because I know she does uh, promotions of shows like the comedy shows and all comedy that. show tonight. And I yeah. said, I go, wouldn't is it doable? Like if I brought my show down there, like to put a show up like that for a weekend? Mm-hmm. And she was like, Yeah, but by the time you pay for all your it's flights. Tough. It wouldn't work. And I said, well, what if, then I just messaged her, what if we did a f- fundraiser here and I could take the cast of 12 drive an event? I just want them to experience that because mm-hmm. I go, it would be fun to do a show where at least paid for part of it and experience right. a dance in Vegas. But I was, I wanted them to come do show girl boot camp with you. Mm-hmm. I oh, want yeah. them to see Grant Filippo show girl museum. I want to take them to Bally's where some of those costumes, I want to go to the neon because to me teaching them this, like it's not come down, show. come down and stop in Reno, see Karen. Burns, yeah. Why right? is I saying? I come want on to down. That's what I did last year. Like we just do the same thing I did last year and maybe stop and see Pete Menifee in LA. Yeah. I, it's important to me when I'm doing this show because there is one showgirl number, but I'm adding another. And it's only the ones that have done the workshops because I go, I don't want to just stick the feathers on you. But mm-hmm. I said, I want you to understand the history. I want you to understand mm-hmm. what a showgirl is instead of just mm-hmm. dancers who are good putting heels and feathers on. And right. so I said, listen to this podcast. Here's who missed and get the, the missed and get before missed and get, which I learned about her name more from mm-hmm. our missed and right. get or who Miss Bluebell was or who, you know, like Josephine Baker, let's at least give some right. acknowledgement that far back. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I feel like those things I didn't appreciate. It's really important to me now. So mm-hmm. I love that you're giving him the history of the showgirl instead of just the sparkle because like you no. said it, it means what does it mean to you like what is the part that you you want them it's to a, get this it's everything. Is? 
It's everything to me because, you know, you know, we talked about what were, what our alternate life would have been without being showgirl. So my, in a really quick nutshell story is, is that I danced and, and had love, such a love for it. And in high school, I did a lot of performances in San Francisco. And one of, and one of my teachers was Tommy Harwood. And she was um, a dancer for the June Taylor. She was a June, June Taylor dancer. Oh, wow! And she always would tell me, you know, you need to turn pro, you need to turn pro. But my father owned a construction company and he wanted me to become a business attorney. And I had agreed and I had gotten into Stanford and I was getting prepared to go to Stanford and then continue on to law school. Well, I got a phone call from a friend of Tommy Harwood's and he said, you know, I'm doing this show in Las Vegas. Would, you know, I've heard about you. Do you want to come in and audition? And I'm in, you know, Oakland, San Francisco. And he called at midnight and my father answered the phone, woke me up. And I said, yes, I'll be there. Didn't even hesitate. And it was in like July. So I packed all my bags and came here and auditioned and because they needed someone tall in San Francisco, that was a problem because everyone was short. But in Vegas, I went when I landed in Vegas and I did that audition and I got it and it was like a featured spot because of my height. um, I thought I'm home. And then I had to have that conversation with my father and say, listen, I, I have to do this. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm doing this <laughs> because I don't think I can be happy unless I do. And then it turned into a five-year career that I then promised that I would go back to school. And when I did go back to school, I went to the Holistic Institute in Berkeley because I was so engaged and understood my body even better. And, and then ended up having this career in holistic health and dance simultaneously oh, that now led me to living a happier and healthier life instead of the grind of being an attorney. Maybe I'd, you know, live in a better house or drive a better car, but the happiness that I got and what I have, the stories I have to tell, I'll never run out is priceless. So that, you know, that's for me to be able to continue to do this with Showgirl Bootcamp and the feeling that you get from being on stage and to, and to hang on to our legacy, because I hate to say that, you know, now when I die, everyone's going to say, oh, my, my mom or my grandmother was a showgirl and people think that I'm a stripper that insults me from the bottom Mm -hmm. of my feet. You know, Mm -hmm. I am, I am a strong, educated, um, you know, semi-intelligent woman who had enough talent and enough drive. And if I was, didn't have, a, you know, if someone had more talent than me, I was definitely going to outwork them. So we, we, as all of us have the same story and it's our legacy and whether it continues on and if it dies out, I want to make sure that we have the final say about it. Amen, sister. Amen. (laughs) So good. It's just to see it tainted. And I, every time I go to Vegas and I see the girls with their sneakers, with their butt cheeks hanging out with their posture, I almost want to like, let's at least help you stand. Maybe you can get more money on tips, but it just, because people say, Oh, I know what showgirls are. Those are the ones walk up and down the strip. Like, no, 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 no. And you still see the marquee. When it was talking to Miss Dengetta when she was in Vegas, there was one of the hotels that had the showgirl, um, statue kind of things that rotate i can't remember which hotel it was but i think those are still there but there's no showgirls so there's all the icons all the art all the neon showgirls Mm -hmm. and we made our mark we made our mark but nobody knows our story 
And that's, that's the thing. That's why we all have to, you know, I would love it for all of us to work together. And I do have some thoughts on that, but, and, and those are some things that I know that are in the works. Um, and I think if we all got together instead of work separately, but worked yeah. as a unit, we could kick some serious butt. Um, and, and again, those are all things with time. Once yeah. I, I have, I've, as I've gotten older, I realized that I can only do so much in one day. Um, mm-hmm. And that I, I, you know, I have an amazing life and I have beautiful children and I have an amazing husband and, and I want, and some fun dogs that, you know, I saw them behind you. Me. <laughs> and I want to, I don't want to work 12 hours a day. So because of that, I've learned patience and with time, all of these things will happen. Yeah. Well, I'm such I a collaborator. the mayor of Las Vegas. Miss Nguyen keeps go. telling me, I think you should just run for office. <laughs> And bring back the show done <laughs> oh yeah because i feel like when it feels it's been um degraded or dismissed it feels worse than just forgotten but i i know i'm a very it's collaborative sad. person it, and I that's teach, insulting it's insulting yeah i like to just have it dismissed um there was somebody mm-hmm. i interviewed rachel williams i do she but she was saying that um it was something in the news in Paris about the Lido closing about maybe girls just walking around naked on stage or something the way she said, she goes, is that what they think we are? And she was like, is that what our leg is? Is that how we go out that it's outdated no, and, it's, and it's raunchy or, or it was just passe? I went, no, no, no. That's why we keep like, it's important. I love what you're doing. And I, I started to say, I'm very much about collaborative. I do massage therapy. We're both massage therapists. Mm-hmm. And then I took healing. Like I did right. a class on trauma. I lost my husband. So I've done a lot on grief. And I'm like, I want to do all these mm-hmm. things. And I go, I can't do everything, but I know really talented people that I can partner with. Right. So I've learned, I don't right. have to take another certificate program. <laughs> like I can work with people mm-hmm. because I think there are some people who want to hold those things pretty tight to them. Mm-hmm. I love like, you have this, I have this. How can we actually mm-hmm. like grow this? Because work I think together. it's mm-hmm. like a grant. We're more powerful. Care. We're, we're more powerful together. I mean, a, yeah. a room full of showgirls, and a room full of politicians, I would bet on the showgirls. <laughs> we can work you. together. Oh my gosh, that's I we need are t-shirts to say that. Women. We are powerful women. We are, we are, you know, we have goddess luncheons. Some uh you know, a couple girlfriends and I, and we'd bring our daughters when they were little, and we would call, call it the goddess luncheon. And because we're raising strong women, and that's like my whole part of my legacy will be my children, who two of them are in show business. One of them is the operations automation guy for the head of automations for the Backstreet Boys. And my daughter is in Milan right now and just finished a a campaign with um, uh, Armani. And she's, you know, doing her thing. And then my little girl who heard her, you know, got on the bike, she's actually in a little different lane, but she's six foot tall and could be a showgirl or model if she wanted to, but she's going to be a massage therapist and a banker. She's a baker. So we have to, I know. And that's why we were worried about the elbow. Right. Right. So, you know, I think our legacy is so attached to personally to what we leave behind as an individual, but being a showgirl, it's right up there in that top one, two, three, which is important to all of us. So I think, you know, as a group and collectively together, we can be a lot more powerful. So I'll put it out there and you have my number. Anybody who's interested in collaborating with me to empower the legacy of the show girl, <laughs> please call me. I am down. Both hands up on that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
Oh gosh, I had seven different Okay, I do want to open your nut. You said yours in a nutshell. So I know you did Ron Lewis, you did Miller Reese, because we both worked for Joan Palethorpe, which mm-hmm. I just interviewed Nikki. And I'm like, she's my no queen. Idea. Joan Palethorpe so- is my queen. Well, I tried mm-hmm. to get her, Liz Larkin reached out to ask if she would do an interview with me, but she she that's just not her thing. But mm-hmm. I actually have been searching out her choreography because it, it, you know I kind of forgot about it for years. And then when mm-hmm. um, Michelle Milano was talking about Ron Lewis, Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan Palethorpe and then Betsy Hogg, who was another one, how mm-hmm. I've heard it both ways. But I was like, these are like really strong, hard, and Joe Emery and Mist and Get, like these women that mm-hmm. are, that, like you said, leave, leave it all on the stage, but could be really mm-hmm. graceful and beautiful. Because you, you were talking about dancing so hard that your your neck is now in jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're dancing with those heads, I want you to talk about Joan Palethorpe's choreography in a second. When I went to the chiropractor, I like my neck. I was describing things. I go, that's the equivalent of a, a rear ending. And then even the showgirl mm-hmm. headpieces that was damaging our neck. So we paid a price, but I would still pay it a million times over. Me too. Mm-hmm. But you said you like dancing really, really hard. So I mean, even though you I have love. this beautiful feminine goddess, you also have the get down on the floor and like dislocate mm-hmm. your neck if it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I am the funky girl. I mean, I was born and raised in Oakland, East Bay. So in the 70s, it was important just to be able to fit in. You needed that. You had to own the funk. So yeah. I'd be in dance class doing the ballet. So when they came out with all those movies, um, what were they called? Where the girl had the, was a ballerina, had to learn hip hop. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I love those movies movie. because I feel like that's me. Um, I I love the hip hop. I love the pop. I was one of the first girls that like was putting their toe in the water for the pop locking. That was a trained dancer. Um, and I just I love all styles of dance. I love Afro Haitian, Africanese, all of that. I'm not. I am not a prima ballerina. I love ballet and the feeling of it and the control that it gave my body, but it was the tool that I used to be able to accomplish all the other styles of dance. And what did retire me from the stardust is that my feet are completely reconstructed from so many years of all of that. So toes sewn together, there's a plate in my foot, screws, all all of the above, but you know what? They still work great. They still work great. I had a great surgeon and I, it didn't stop me, but those are all the things that I pay for now. I'm not quite paying for it yet, but they keep telling me I will. And you know what? Like you, I don't care. I would do it all over again. I do it all again. Well, and also being a massage therapist that I think I didn't pay attention back then. I remember I was dating someone a very short time who was going to school for, um, then we called it, it's, it's some acupressure, but he called it something else. I think it was shiatsu. He was learning it. So between shows, he would do some pressure points and I would have the best second show ever. It was like, I would have energy and relax at the same time. So I started to be curious. And then as like Mm. your body starts to suffer, I think a lot of us are drawn into that, but instead of waiting till your body's been broken, I don't know when you started to massage, but just learning how the body works. I'm like, Oh, I did some damage, but I also can Mm -hmm. undo. I've been doing gyrotonics lately. I I feel like my hips Mm -hmm. have gone backwards a few years like instead of I had two hip replacements so I I was walking with a cane and now I'm like Mm. hiking again so I feel like some of the things we do after dancing when you go I'll kind of trash my body but I also cannot Mm -hmm. just let it keep going downhill I think it'd be a great photo if we all lined up and had x-rays together because I've got metal hips you've got I got great (laughs) x-rays We could all do a tour in there, (laughs) set up all the metal detectors at the airport. But like when I went to the Hello Hollywood Hello reunion, I had my 
walker because I just had my surgery. I sh- probably shouldn't have flown. The doctor said, yeah, okay. But because I had the walker, it was obvious. There were so many dancers like, oh, I've had hip replacements. It was so many of us because like partly, partly I think because it was a birth defect is the hip socket was very shallow, which mm-hmm. gave great range of motion. So that's right. I think, where a lot of us could kick so high. So we were, mm-hmm. you know, even if we didn't do shows, maybe we would have worn our hips out, but you know, all the kicks are on the right. If you did a can, can you slam the splits? But thank you for those shallow hips because I got hired because you have to be able to kick high and do all that. So it's kind of that trade-off. It's like, like you said, I would mm-hmm. just not, not trade it. No, no. So you've been living anything. in Vegas your whole, have you lived in there since you moved there to dance? Have, have you, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a floater traveler. I, I, I don't let, I'm, I move around a lot. Vegas, I've been here since from 79, was here five years, went to um, Berkeley, got my degree, which is home. From there, I went to Reno, um, lived in Guam for a year, went to Tahoe for a little bit, then then came to Vegas and was here for the rest of the time. So I've been in Vegas, um, you know, all that time. But I know I got married five years ago and I promised my husband I would move to Ohio with him for two years and then came back again. Um so yeah, pretty much, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to, to try something new, but I always come back. <laughs> I never stay away for very long. <laughs> well, cause think I was talking to Nikki too, who had been there so long because I left that. So I didn't really see the change in Vegas. I come back like, what's this? Or we'd see on the news, like when the dunes imploded, the stardust, like it was just, Oh yeah. Every time I go back, I'm like, this doesn't look the same, but to live there and to see, you know, yeah, some it's of heartbreaking. Those, yeah, to see the changes in, in the hotels, the glamour, mm-hmm. now yeah, the bottle you know, service replacing it and like oh the yeah advertisements so like oh so yeah to see it, it almost feels I'm so glad you're in Vegas doing the show showgirl boot camp because to just watch it go away when we don't see it as obvious as you do living there, those of you who are dancers who mm-hmm. witness this change. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. to say, I used to work there. Oh no, it's gone now, or that's now just a party building right. it's not even any show there's no shows there's no not even magic acts that's what's so bizarre there's like it's this change but i really do feel some resurrection happening i just do yeah. maybe it's just my rose-colored glasses that i try to keep on but i really do feel like it's something that's so beautiful and so important i think that um i think it's it's got to come back i think um we just all have to have faith you know and, and hope that it can come back and that it will represent us the way that we should be represented. Right. Oh. And that's the big thing. It yeah. needs to represent us in the way of, you know, we train from the age of five, all of us. I, I don't know very, there's not many girls that I know that just, you know, said, okay, I'm going to be a dancer. I mean, I trained from the age of five, every, yeah. you know, a lot. My father spent a fortune. That's one of the things he said, well, I spent a fortune on your dance lessons. If you don't go to Stanford, then I think we're even. Oh, that's good. I was going to ask how that went went down with that. Yeah. So I just, I think we just need to continue to work together to represent ourselves and then even into the next generation and hold tight to what is true for us. What is our truth? I want to close here in a minute, but I, I have a question like doing with this COVID, with COVID. Were you able to do boot camp or do you have to take a break from it? We did not. We actually excelled when COVID hit because Miss Dingette and I, we don't like to be told no, first of all. <laughs> and we left Planet Hollywood and we went to um, a, a friend of mine who gave us a great deal. Um, and we went to a private 
venue, brand new wedding venue had not even opened. It finished during COVID. And we had this beautiful brand new venue, which was gigantic. And we were able to social distance. We were able to, we created these cute little uh, pink camouflage masks that people I have wore. one of those. Miston, get, send me one of those. Perfect. And the one with yeah. rhinestones. That's a straight girl boot camp mask. Yeah. And oh, we made like a hundred of them. And so we masked up and I had a big shield and all the makeup was disposable and it, it is anyway. So it didn't change how we functioned at all. Right. Um, and we just social distanced and kept our shields on. And so we actually were very busy during COVID and kept all the small, these were people that were traveling together anyway, but we still were able to set these long tables out and social distance and we still kept going. And it was a wonderful time. I, I actually, there was, we had, the, it was so far away that I have a big uh, Denali. So I have these magnets and I put the magnets on and I, and I tied boas to the backside of my truck and the boat pink boas would be flying with the showgirl boot camp, um, you know, metal stuff on the side of the car. And I would pick people up at their hotels. And I was like a chauffeur, the showgirl oh chauffeur. Gosh, so, I'm glad I asked this yeah. question. Because of the way I was thinking how it's come up is because of COVID, when life was really mundane, a lot of us have reevaluated our life or why we're doing what mm-hmm. we're doing. But it came up a lot like the need for beauty and for sparkle. Because that mm-hmm. was when my show, we, you know, the numbers are going up. I guess we're still going. The first time I'd seen these faces was the day of the show. I'm like, I hope they're pretty because I haven't seen their face without them. I was like, what if they just have, they have no teeth? I don't know. Right. They were joking, like take, oh, put those back on. But they're all gorgeous, beautiful dancers. But mm-hmm. it, the audience had said like, it came out many different ways. Like we haven't had beauty. You know, you're not going to, there was no musicals. There was no shows. Everybody's watching Netflix. And so beauty mm-hmm felt even more important and mm-hmm. kind of like with the war, you know, you've got the old MGM musicals. You've got, we, we went sparklier when things were hard mm-hmm. and we do. people, we just, we don't need another, you know, what do they call it? The bottle, the, another party. Just <laughs> There's just, there's a need, I think right now, because the world just keep like, you know, there's always another thing. Like it just makes the world feel like more bland bland Mm -hmm. yes I think that this the need for sparkles and I think when people I pull the head pieces out and yours are way nicer to see they get they get to have a little extra they get to add a little beauty to the world and like I don't think that's an exaggeration we all need a little sparkle in our lives we all need that sparkle in our lives and that's what we do we just throw it at them in fact you know one of our logos is a day in feathers and rhinestones everybody needs a day in feathers and rhinestones yeah I, I love this. And I know when I talked to Athena, she does a fe- featherly reverie who she would work with. And she said, there's a ones that kind of were like, Oh, I don't need this. I think, you know, like, ah, you know, like that's, that's the girly girls, but they're usually the ones that, that are surprised that it matters to them. And I feel like those converts are the ones that said like, yes, put me in feathers are the ones like, no, I don't do this. Like, I don't care about this. I don't wear makeup. I don't dress up. And then they just need permission. Yeah. They just need guidance and permission. And with those two things, every woman has a little showgirl in them. I think that's a great way to end. Is there anything else you want to say? Like why, why we all need to reconnect with our showgirls. Those who are listening that are showgirls, we're showgirls. I love that your dog's kissing your ear right now. (laughs) Or those that are listening to like, I think I might want to try this. I open my arms and my heart to all of you who want to come and see what we're up to, hang out with us, participate. You want a little side job, anything, 
com- any conversation or anyone that just is sad because the the transition or just needs another showgirl to talk to, um, our arms are open for all of you. Mm. And especially with the Lido closing in Paris, you guys, just give us a call. Come visit us. We'll come see you. We just need to stay a unit and stay a tribe and um, stay true to who we are. And um, and we make we make the world a better place. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> so showgirls boot camp or showgirl boot camp is it dot com? It's showgirl uh, boot camp. Yep, showgirlbootcamp.com at Showgirl Bootcamp Instagram, Showgirl Bootcamp TikTok, which is the fun, fun one. Um, and um, yeah, any if you you my my phone number is everywhere. Just give me a call, send okay. me an email, showgirlbootcamp at gmail.com. And um, you know, if there's something that anyone needs, if I can't help you, then I absolutely know someone that can. Mm, I feel like that's a call to action. Yes, call to action. <laughs> Come on, showgirls. Get your G-strings on or that's wear right. your sweats over your G-strings. This was wonderful, mm-hmm. Stacey. That was really encouraging. It was uh, it just makes me so happy to know that women are getting to experience a thing that that uh, they probably would never even know had known they need to do. Right. Thank you so much, Sherry. I really have enjoyed and I'm so happy that I got a chance to talk to you and, and get to know yeah. you a little bit better. Yeah, and I'm here too. for you, girl, whatever you need. Oh, I want to come down. I'm going to make another trip to Vegas. Maybe I'll bring my dancers, but I'm so glad because I feel like every connection is like, oh, there's another piece that's important to, to I feel like the threads are all being pulled towards each yes. other. And like there's something for doing this. Thank you for creating this. I mean, it's up, it's people like you that are actually bringing us all together. And I think all of us, we just need to continue the fight. Yeah. And I think we're all, forest. we've all woken up a little bit mm-hmm. like, okay, I need this in my life. Okay. I will be posting any photos, yes. any, uh, anything you can send me, I will post and get the word out. I will do that. Thank you so much.